are dropping it this Friday. Well, it's technically Thursday. I hate the midnight drops, but it's Thursday at midnight, but Friday midnight. Does that make sense? Anyways, it's this week, Thanksgiving, after you done fucked your goddamn turkey calories off, get on the computer, go to whorehive.com and get some motherfucking merch. We have a Mondays are my favorite for you pussy assholes who still got to go into work. We also have a segments t-shirt that says kink of the week, vanilla shit, hors d'oeuvre, horrible decisions, and home mail. We didn't want to put whore on everything. Our mask says, I like my man six feet away. And then, of course, we got the boy shorts to put on your little Buddhas. So, guys, go to whorehive.com and get your merch now. Thank you guys for supporting. Now, let's get on with the show. Guess what decision we're about to make? Horrible decision. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you. Thanks for listening to Horrible Decisions this week. Mandy and I just wanted to present a trigger warning. This is a really fun episode. I think this girl is fucking disgusting and funny and sexy, and it's great. However, there is conversation about rape, so we just wanted to make you aware of that sensitive material. Otherwise... Listen up, enjoy, make sure to follow us on IG, horrible underscore decisions, write us on Twitter, tell us how much you love this pod at horrible pod, and hey, leave us a review. Enjoy. 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 Welcome, guys, to another episode of Horrible Decisions. Horror. Make Horrible. sure. Horrible. You subscribe, rate, and review wherever you are listening to us. I'm your girl, Mandy B, a.k.a. Pet Sign, a.k.a. Tripod Mommy. Hi, I'm Wheezy. I'm not the biggest whore in the room. We have a guest. I'm just who, kidding. Who, who, might, who might have us beat? I'm definitely the biggest whore in the room. Oh, okay, really? It, I thought she, she has new? the biggest tits in the room. I know that. Are these new? Uh, wait, wait, oh, these are real these are real new. You got help, home. You I, said they're real new. They're real new. I could, these are COVID tits. I was about to say, <laughs> bitch, you got them in quarantine. That's a great. Yeah, idea. I went to California in May and got the tits done. Bitch, you got it in during the pandemic. Can I touch the it? Pandemic. Yeah, you can touch it. You can touch mine too. Okay. Yeah, hers are fake I, as well. So wait, is this? These are the Cadillacs. Wait, wait. They're not. They're not saline. Saline. No, there's silicone, but the high grade silicone. Oh, same. So this is when I don't know. Start to drop right, when right. you're at eight. Okay. But my boobs yeah. look just like that in the beginning. They feel good too. Yeah. They, in the beginning, I remember it being right here, and I had that porny look, and then it went away, <laughs> yeah. and I was so, so upset. So I want to just briefly share that I got to see these tits in lace, <laughs> and I was just like, God damn, her body's nice. It but is, now that I look, like... it, the tits probably were, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's also like your tits are a function of like the way your tits were before. So I had like really high flat titties. That's absolutely what it is. Like the teardrop shape that I had, I kind of thought I would lose. I thought it would get more round, but Mm -hmm. it's like you just get bigger tit. Literally, it's your boob when you get the silicone type. Yeah. Right. When you you get the implants and they match and form to the way your boobs already looked, opposed to silicone where it's kind of like they just fill them up and turn into their own. But I mean, of course, they're safer if they break. But I don't give a fuck. Wait, they can break? These are silicone. If they break, I could die. Well, they say... I was about to say. (laughs) So people get saline because, you know, it'll just dissolve into your body opposed to silicone, which can harm you. That's why a lot of people don't like silicone. However, silicone feel and look better. Those are the ones that if you, like, hit it too hard, it'll pop, you mean? No, they don't pop. It's just, like, they could be more damaging. They're both just as good. It's the casing. But silicone is going to feel like a gummy bear. It's going to feel like real tits. Yeah, they look nice. I'm going to not try to look like down. I'm going to try to be respectful. Just let a whole know if the tits get out. Oh, yeah. We're going to be on Areola Watch. I'll be doing yeah, that I mean, friend. we might have to blur it out. Benson. Benson, just be <laughs> What on. a great job you have you know today. I mean? No, I ain't going to lie. Like, when I go out with my friends, depending on the outfit, I'll be like, all right, bitch, you want Areola Watch? Cause I feel like out, my friends forget. Out. I'm like, why didn't you say anything? They're like, I didn't even see it, bitch. Like, <laughs> people just tell me I thought you knew. I'm like, no, I did not know. <laughs> I can't feel <laughs> so your name is Dianara. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do for work, why you're on our show. I mean, you said you're a hoe, but I mean, you said she was a, sh- a hoe before she could say she, she was agreed. A hoe. She agreed. She did. Look at her outfit. It was it was an educated <laughs> guess. So yeah, um, I guess yeah. If you want to introduce yourself, and then I can all, yeah. also say where I met you. <laughs> so I'm a fetish performer and educator. I was a stripper before the pandemic, which mm-hmm. is why I decided to do the tits like during the pandemic. So I wouldn't have to worry about recovery. Um, but I perform and I teach workshops and I have my own private business in bottoming, which crosses oh, over both to anal bottoming and to BDSM submission and kink. So I'm when, excited when to you talk stripped, about that. were you when you when you were stripping? 
you said you're a fetish performer. Was were you different than the other strippers there because you did different type of stuff, or you just branched into this? Well, I mean, I started stripping like in the fall. Okay. I mean, I had some friends in it. They got me into the scene, but at the strip club I worked, which was Sapphire's, like right here. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. They did. So there's a friend in our community who's the artistic director there, Warren Archer, mm-hmm. and he has a kink room. So that was my oh, specialty dope. at the strip club. Like I would take couples in there, or like. Someone- what was it like? Yeah. What, what are you <laughs> able to do at a strip club with in, in kink? Well, if there is a St. John's Cross and there are whips and floggers, you can do a lot in a strip club. Oh, valid. That's fun. Very fucking valid. Because people go to dungeons for that, but you would never think they'd go to a strip club. I wouldn't think that. Well, they don't really expect it, but once they're there and like it's a couple and they're like, oh, we want to play with you or we want to learn something. Yeah. And that's honestly more fun than stripping is like getting to have a real experience with a couple. Yeah. And then you can teach them. So when you're in, when you're stripping, I'm curious to know, like, have you enjoyed yourself? We've only we had a stripper come on, Giselle. She was very popular. She was mm-hmm. involved with the stripper strike, but that was a while ago. Yeah. When you're stripping, do you get turned on by it? Do you feel like it's just work? Like, how does it feel for you? For me, it's my own fantasy. I get to embody a certain aspect of my personality, of my sexuality. So I identify as gender nonconforming, but when I'm a stripper, I'm totally female. It's okay. a really fun play space. For how me. do you identify then outside of the strip club? What, what do you mean your gender? Your gender nonconforming, but as a stripper, you're a female. As a stripper, that's my full female persona. Okay. All right. So I, I think Mandy to- just wants you to ge- elaborate on gender nonconforming. Gender nonconforming means I inhabit both energies, like male and female. I oh, feel me them too. That's me then. All equally right. strong. But it's also connected to the fact that I do have a hormone condition. So I have naturally more male testosterone than the average female, less female. How would you find that out? I mean, you just find that growing up, not having a period. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Right. You, look, look I came with like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I yeah, had I'm, been pregnant. That was a mistake. Oh, so I mean, you, but, so yeah, yeah. but I menstruate like once, twice a year. So for a while, I was oh, just like wow. riding free. Like, oh, I so how do you know when you're ovulating? I mean, I still get the symptoms. Like, I'll still get super but depressed. But like, I don't get my period. estrogen. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Now, I feel like I, I don't want to overstep here, but it sounds <laughs> like a blessing in disguise. Is there what? What is that's the, what I'm saying? I've been pregnant, so you got. But be what's careful. the bad? What are like? Yeah, what's the yeah, negative? Because it sounds like a pro. I'm not gonna lie. I want to be more. Can I inject? I need some more can testosterone. I, I need some more testosterone. You can definitely have a little bit. You want a little bit? You know, I mean, give me a little bit. But damn, so two periods a year? Yes, that sounds like a fun. Like I'm literally planning trips around my period. Are you ever scared that you're pregnant because you rarely have periods? Honestly, I just keep a bunch of pregnancy tests. Bunch of pregnancy. I, I got The anxiety of like. I I would hate that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's better than hating it coming every fucking month. But so still. Wait, do you take a pregnancy test like monthly? Because you do have multiple partners. I do have multiple partners. So I do take tests pretty often. Like, oh, shit. Every five <laughs> weeks. Yo, <chill. laughs> what? I'm just saying about the like, fifth week is when you know. Do you use condoms? I have like fluid bonded partners. So I see fluid okay, bonding partners. That means they that be they- bonded with their fluids. So, bitch, she don't be wearing condoms every time. So every five weeks, right? Every five weeks. Okay, I can rock with that. So speaking of, um, before we get into this, because clearly we have a ton of questions about BDSM, bottoming, because bottoming to me, of course, I've always used that term for men who bottom for other men. Um, But before we get into it, I wanted you to kind of differentiate because you actually said you found kind of almost the safety in sex through BDSM, but also through differentiating it between noticing that you had a previously abusive relationship. So can you kind of talk into how you differentiated between the two? Because there could be listeners right now, we've often talked about BDSM, where they could really actually be in more of an abusive relationship than a BDSM one. So like my story, and it's a bit of a controversial thing to say. So this is like a content warning to everyone. But trigger warning. I was like my first relationship, it went down a wrong path. And then there was an incident of rape. Okay. And when I confronted that partner and said like, hey, what happened last night? I know it was a fight, but that was not okay. He was like, I don't know. We were just experimenting. And for me, that was a big question mark because biologically, I enjoyed what happened. I enjoyed that he tied me up. I enjoyed the forcefulness. I enjoyed all of it. But I knew emotionally that it was not okay. And that's not how that fight should have ended. 
Okay. So the relationship went in the direction of a lot of experimenting with BDSM. Okay. So there are parts of it that I was excited about, that I bought toys for, scenes that I directed, but it became an excuse in the relationship every time we had a fight or every time <laughs> I misbehaved, violence oh, wow. was introduced. So you weren't, it wasn't consensual at all. It just happened and you knew it would happen. That's what I'm saying. There were scenes that we had built together times we had sex where we negotiated things the proper way i want to talk but about over time really it became because i think ooh, people ooh. won't uh, understand so yeah. sometimes in the bdsm community i guess one of the vocabulary terms used is yeah. scenes and it's basically where uh you're stepping outside of normal sex and or your vanilla shit or your regular life and you jump into that world that's where the term scene is referenced i don't know if people are thinking maybe yeah. they're like oh does she do porn does she does she <laughs> yeah. scenes i right. mean subscribe to my only fans you know, <laughs> yes, yes but not in, not in, in, no, this, yeah. in this sense you yeah. were just having different engagements with your partner yeah scenes means a structured sexual experience in which uh. consent is renegotiated your terms of exiting a scene or exiting the dynamic or negotiated what you want to happen is kind of roadmapped and so during these scenes essentially your safe words and what did make you feel comfortable those boundaries were crossed a lot no i mean what i'm saying is there were times where we intentionally experimented but then there were times we were just fighting or having sex and he used you know choking hitting all these things had you had moments where you asked him to stop or you just felt like this was what was normal oh i did Really? That's what I'm saying. It's a controversial thing to say. Like, I was so blurred in this situation where biologically I didn't understand there were other people who liked pain and pleasure and there was a place for it. Mm. Ah, so you did you? I know. So and we've had um, him on the show. You actually told me that you did actually find your safe space in BDSM through NSFW. So did, did you yeah. leave your partner once you found that you could enjoy these things consensually? No, I mean, I left my partner when he threatened to kill me. That was okay. That's a whole nother. All right. But then, you know, as I continued to date people, these questions came up. I still wanted to play. I met people naturally who were like me and wanted to have rough play and experiment. So there's a, you know, play men have had for a really long time to this day. And one day he asked me, can you top me? I want you to hit me. I want you to humiliate me. And I just like went for it. It's not cute. was not what he was asking. So I just Googled like workshops in femdoms and dominatrixes. And that's how I found NSFW. Ah, just through a okay. workshop. So NSFW yeah. is a sex club. We talk about members only. We talk about Daniel Saint often. Um, if you guys want to look it up, you can. But there's so many articles on NSFW, Forbes, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post. I've seen a bunch. And I'm curious to know your experience with NSFW specifically What's been different from there from other places that you think that they take heed to? It's become really clear to me, especially during the pandemic. And it's a space that I inhabit a lot. I'm very (laughs) involved in event planning and teaching and performing now. But as a bottom, so as someone who's submissive, as someone who has a female body, as someone who likes pain and, you know, dicks and toys and things in my ass... I'm in a naturally vulnerable place. So as much as I can identify as a man and with male energy, I don't have the same freedom to go on Grindr, to be tied up and have a guy just walk into my house. Yeah. Right. No, for sure. We talk about often um, how the gay community is just a lot more accessible with Mm -hmm. using Grindr and just having multiple partners and they come, they play, they leave. Mm -hmm. But again, even with Tinder and other apps like that, for women, we don't have that luxury to just kind of... Safety is just the major issue though. For women, for sure. All across the board. I mean, even in lesbian relationships too, you know what I mean? Like rough play, like it's just, there's a weird boundary that people don't know how to respect when it comes to women. I don't know where it comes from. I think it's something we've been taught for a long time. I mean, shit, a few weeks ago, we just did an episode about the Bible. And it's like all of those things when it comes Mm -hmm. to women and the mistreatment, like it's just all back in our head and we have no idea where it comes from. But I want to know when it comes to NSFW, has there been a time like, because I'm always curious when people are having what some would think of as violent sex, right? Do have you had a conversation with the partners that you're about to play with at NSFW? Do people that work at NSFW set boundaries? How does that work? The boundary setting. Is it you? Is it the club? Is it the person that you meet? How does it work out in that structure? 
Well, the club itself creates a safe space. It's a community. Um, so there's a certain level of accountability just built in. Mm-hmm. There have been plenty of people, people who I've played with and things have not gone well, who are no longer in the community. Mm, interesting. There's also the education aspect. So my first like official role in the community was I was head, or what they called, nymph. So the nymphs are there to serve as the point of contact for consent. I so, like that. I did not know That's that. That's interesting. I did not so, know that at all. So how many nymphs are normally at a party? Depending on the size of the party, there should be two. There should be one okay. that's at the door who's giving a little intro, like stay hydrated, always ask for consent, don't be a creeper, no photos. I've had someone um, tell me that. Yeah, it was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> but there's and there should be a circulating nymph that is the more close point of contact for whatever people need. Got it. Okay. The, that's thing, so the thing that I would differentiate between as well in that space, um, the first time that I went to NSFW during COVID, um, it wasn't the last time when I saw you, but the first time I brought my boyfriend and to me, comparing it to other sex clubs is it is very kink focus to me in the in in the realm where we first walked in and it was pretty early it was at 10 o'clock maybe 10 30 so before everyone else started really piling in and they were still doing their virtual show and so we go in and there is an asian woman dressed as a complete dom and she is pegging and whipping and spanking um a crossdresser And my boyfriend at that point, I don't think he had ever really seen that. And I was just like, I hope you're comfortable. If you're not, like, maybe we can, you know, because it's so large. But he was actually amused by it. Like, this was something that he had never witnessed in person at all. But also the fact that when they were done, I was like, girl, I love your outfit. And they were like, thank you. And they walked around. And I do enjoy that it is a space where you may have bisexuality gay men um and of course straight couples all in one room just enjoying each other helps that i really like that daniel being by himself yes so one you have a sex club run by a man who's bi and to me i don't know i guess we never i don't know if i've ever been to a sex club where i the owner was front facing i can't Uh, i can't really think of one and I think yeah. when you feel that connection to someone, you respect their space more. It's like an Airbnb. If you stayed at someone's house, you're probably going to be a little more tidy if you know them. And if you're in an Airbnb, you're going to be like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Right. And I think that the close connection in that is really what has helped him create such a community like that with people. Like my first time going into an NSFW party, I remember being like, oh, my God, everybody knows each other. They were welcoming to me, but I was yeah, like, yeah, they do know they each all other. They fucking know each other. Like, have they all fucked? Like, and I was like, am I cute? Pretty or are they trying yeah, to fuck pretty me? much, right? We've all fucked. We've all fucked. But I was wondering, like, are they talking to me because I'm a newbie? Or are they talking to me because I'm pretty? Honestly, we talk to you because we're genuinely curious. So, like, why you're here? What's your story? Right. And we want to know your fantasies. Like, right now we're building, like, a, I'm helping lead a new party called Kink. Okay. And it's sort of a fantasy space. So, so we're going to have... Basic like, that's a very... What's the right? We're going yeah. to kink, kink tonight. We're yeah. going to kink. What's it about? Yeah. I don't know how else to explain. Yeah. <laughs> Got so it. So it's kind of borrowing from the model of lap dance parties, except like come and you can book lap a Lap dance parties. With... That's a strip club, ain't it? Yeah, what's a lap dance party? That's a whole underground thing in New York where it's like not strippers, but you go to a space and there are a bunch of like pretty girls and you can get a lap dance. You could talk to them. But that's a Wait, strip club, yeah. no? Wait, or Why is it just lap dancing? A strip club is more explicitly like this is a stage like the stage yeah makes it different well oh. the stage and like the floor is really just like so it's like a dry humping like, party <laughs> it's a dry humping it's a dry party. Humping party i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> that's how, a big, how, how much is the, how much is the common like, cost for that the common cost like entrance is usually around 100 and then it's still like 20 dollars a lap down shit that's for rich people bitch like crack and coke i feel like <laughs> that's like, you know how coke a rich people drug that lap dance shit is some rich people but the, shit but the Hold on, this is so expensive too. Sapphires, how much is the entry? Entry? It depends. It It depends on the night. I've been with my my old sugar daddy, the white dude, when he got me that apartment on 54th. And we would always go to Sapphires. And it was always every time, like 75. I mean, he looked rich. 7,500, whatever. And I was like, God, they are taxing. Damn. Now, I let people get their coins. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes strippers would come up and they'd be about to give them this basic price. And I'm like, girl, (laughs) (laughs) And like, it's so funny because. I think that I don't know if this has happened to you, yeah. but when women come in with sugar daddies or like, you know, very like super old and or young girl oh, or whatever. I love that shit. You right? love it? Because they're always in with you. You understand, right? 
Well, you're like, I'm about to get money. Right. There's a certain level of like him being a sugar daddy. And like, you kind of know if it's a stripper too. Like he gets it. He gets the system. Uh, so you know he's going to respect Bitch, they thought she was a stripper. I don't think they thought I was a stripper. With them but titties they like, did. If you had them titties like that, I mean, in a little not dress. Drop before, man. Oh. <laughs> I, I might have got a better looking dude if they were still high. <laughs> but I remember like a few strippers would like kind of like give me a look or we would talk or like they'd whisper funny things mm-hmm. to me. Um, talking about girl. One girl said to me, we getting our cash tonight. I said, I know that. I know that's <laughs> right. Well, I'm excited to get more into the BDSM conversation with you for the horrible decision. But y'all know, bitch, a pussy hole like her outline. So, we, we always do an outline, Mandy. I mean, but I really like an outline. So but we sure never we not it. do an outline. But ever. I like it. And people know that we've joked about you not so much liking it. So I'm going to make sure we stick to the one I made. I read the outline. You like it? You know what I mean? I read the outline. I, because I knew like that first topic was sensitive and I yeah. didn't want to make sure like you were comfortable. So the vanilla shit for this week, for those of you who who may be watching or listening to us for the first time, is our sex in the news um, topic. And this also somehow brings us back to our old kink of the week that we once had. We no longer have our kink of the week segment because we went, bitch, we went through them all. Bitch, we, we, there's never too many kinks. No, No, I think we did. There Uh is. We don't went through them all. Well, you know what it is? They just cross over a lot. Yeah. We, like when. Like we did the wild shit, like the eyeball licking and things with trees, but then yeah. it just became redundant. Yeah, like so we did scabs. Like, we okay, did scabs, and bitches. then there's like insects we had so and shit. Episodes. Like yeah, we did. We've done well over 200 episodes now. Okay. So, and I think even the the site with all the kinks says there's only like 260. So if you know more, we'll have to talk. I won't Clearly, I didn't know. I would start that, watching so. porn, and then I would like do my pull my own kink out of there. Like out of okay, what am I seeing in this? What's this called? Like that was what the so shit I had to do. That's what I did for this. The vanilla shit I found out. Um, this actually comes it happened in Ireland do you have an Ireland accent uh, let me get it going hold on <laughs> was that kind of alright oh no, it wasn't very really Irish Mandy it wasn't very good <laughs> it's like a German Irish okay <laughs> and, and, are they by each other first of all you're new to the fucking show <laughs> <laughs> so basically guys a couple was caught having sex on a grave um, and a woman decided to film it. However, to her surprise, the couple did not seem to mind at all. Um, the woman who didn't want to be named filmed the moment in the hope to embarrass the pair and condemn the behavior as a shameful carry But maybe they were fucking the person in their trouble. And the, wait, the person died? And you think they're trying to fuck the ghost? That's the only way I could see it. Well. Because you wouldn't fuck on your mom or dad. But like, what if you guys were whoa, fucking? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you think that? So you think they was fucking on somebody they knew grave to have sex with the ghost or something? How do you pick the grave then? It could be anybody. Grave is just the grave. So you just start walking and you're like, you know, I like that I name. I like that name, I like bitch. that. This is a nice birthday. Give me some head on the headstone. <laughs> so... Actually, when I was looking this up, I actually started looking up cemetery sex. And to my surprise, it is a very real thing. A lot of people get off on it. And it's at, there's actually a name for this kink. And I don't think we've ever done this kink. The kink is called coimetrophilia. And what it is, is the arousal of having sex or being aroused from a gravesite. <laughs> Why are you looking like this? Don't kink shame, Wheezy. I mean, honestly, I was not scandalized by that at all. No, you weren't surprised, right? How come I can't kink kink shame if they're not consenting? Who's not consenting? The ghosts? The dead people. The dead people can't consent, Wheezy. My point is, you got to be alive, my nigga. I'm sorry. Necrophilia is nuts. Necrophilia is nuts. And you know what necrophilia is, right? Yeah, I know that. You know that. (laughs) That's fucking nuts. And so technically, this is just as adjacent. No. Technically, it is the area it is the like place. i like some halloweeny shit you know what this I'm saying? is halloweeny shit this is not halloweeny sorry shit. he didn't dress up with a scream mask no Weezy. i'm not no. feeling it i'm not feeling you're not it. feeling it i'm not feeling would you it. have sex on a grave in oh, a grave hell yeah that's what i'm telling Wait, you okay said, oh, well, I, no <laughs> so how would you choose like would y'all choose a certain tombstone like wait have you done this before I have not, but it's on my list. It, wait, it's on, it's your, on your list. list. It's on the list. <laughs> I thought you said you were Puerto Rican. This is very fucking. <laughs> this is white people shit. Nah. She said nah. This, no, this no, is you the white Puerto like, Rican. I do like the idea of fucking the ghost. Like, I didn't think about it that way. Wait, all right. But the right. succubus incubus thing, I can understand. Yes. But no, like, but it's oh, also like feeling close to your own death. Like, I see that being part of the kink. Like, we're just getting chopped off. 
<laughs> Bitch, just gag a little bit and feel like you lost your breath. Let me think. Because I understand, like, goth culture and a lot of, like... And that's what came up for this, for sure. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but for me, I mean, I think it's more, like, on the grave. Like, yeah, if you did it, how would you pick the grave? I'd pick it based on the quote. Like, you know. Not the quote. <laughs> Wait, do you want Life to- is like a bird. I'm a bird-ass bitch. Here we go. Wait, do you want him to whisper the quote in your ear or something? Like, or I mean, do you both have to, dis- you know, this is like a consent thing. So do you both So we got to vibe with the, the general Not vibe with the- <laughs> She said vibe with the tombstone, bitch. So, like, are you going to do it like a Ouija board type thing? Like... <laughs> <laughs> that would make it hotter. Uh, uh, you feel it? Oh my god! That, that would make it hotter, bitch. Bring the Ouija board to the yeah, cemetery to fuck let them pitch, make it. Fuck! I want to be like, does he love me? Why, bitch? Why he? <laughs> All right, I knew it, bitch. I knew you love me. You I know what? Those you would probably want to pick a black tombstone. Be like I Darius. Sure we fucking with Darius. <laughs> I hate first off. It said he was born in Detroit. That's the one. <laughs> Let us wow. know if this is toxic and wrong and pro- problematic. It probably is. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like between this and the Bible episode, we're gonna have to put trigger warnings before our goddamn episodes now. Why? Because we talk about dead people in oh, dead man. people in the Bible. The yes, Bible man. was worse. Somebody was fucking their own dad. Yeah, and there was yeah. I feel like that episode. Let me tell you, I don't know if you know about the Bible because I don't. <laughs> oh, I do. But, I do. But, but you do. Yesterday, oh, that's why Dan and I are best friends. We were both like cults. Oh, that's right. Like oh, cult survivors. Cult, cult survivors. Yeah. All right, bitch. I have a cult episode. <laughs> we gotta have you on for back sake. No, I went to lunch yesterday. Um, with a friend and I was telling him about how we just I was like yo we just did this amazing episode about the bible and it was so much shit I didn't know and he was like you talk about that story with Lot and the daughter's fucking their dad and I was like bro yo. you know what's crazy I got in the car with, with my nigga because he picked me up and I started to, he's like he always asks so what were your episodes about were they good and I told him and he was like was she Muslim? Because that just sounds like some shit that some people would tell her. And I was like, no, but actually she was an atheist activist at one time. So, you know, she read the Bible to, to yeah. you know, defend her, defend being atheist. And he was just like, you're probably going to offend a lot of people with that episode. And I didn't think about it until I started. I was like, no, but she did it so good. He was like, you're probably going to offend a lot of people with that episode. You think? What, do, uh, look, look at yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look at our cameraman's reaction. I looked at, I looked at, I was like, yeah, this is a new age. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, we had Pastor Corey on who was talking about just gay shit, but that's cool. But let me tell you one thing that she did <laughs> that I feel like made it better. Okay. She talked about all these fucking nut, like crazy ass stories and then talked about like the lesson learned from a lot of them or how carnal things were or how things weren't right. I don't feel like she used it to weaponize it because she's like, a total gun hole Christian. But even when I was um, having the conversation, he was just like, so the Bible is interpreted in so many ways that even the stories that she took verbatim, a lot of time those stories are used. Um, what's the word? Hypo- not hypothetically, but... To point out hypocrisy? No, they're, the, the stories come... They have underlying messages for them. So... Even though, yeah, it said they was raping, there was other messages involved. I don't know. We gonna have to see. We'll we'll know the response by now. So. See, this is a very at that <laughs> point. You know what I mean? Like the underlying messages, because people will make that yeah, point. Yeah, of course. That is so. Like, I have a black friend, or what about this? Or that was a long time ago. Like, no, they were raping. Just that, tell no, me when it's sure, okay. For sure. That's what. That's what was in the Bible. That's of fucking course. nuts. It is. That's fucking insane. But the same with people have a lot of problems with a lot of shit we Well, say, guess so. what? We come on here every week <laughs> and we talk about some disgusting shit. And you're telling me that we brought a woman on who wants to fuck on a gravesite? And that's not as bad. <laughs> I'm about to throw in like the first time my mom horseshaded me and I was like, oh, I got fucked in the asshole. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, okay, well, you just brought up the, the Buddha hall and that's what is our hors d'oeuvre today because you actually name yourself the anal sex part so for our hors d'oeuvre which is our sex tip segment we would like for you to give us an anal tip i think the most broad or the most accessible anal tip is that anal should be intentional oh yeah, okay i like that because yeah i've had it just go there by accident because it was slippery Slippery, excuse me, sorry but it was slippery and it just went into that hole instead of my pussy hole uh-huh. and it hurt so bad to where I was just like oh my god so and I actually think that that was one of my first experiences where I didn't 
you know, want to ever have anal sex. Yeah. Okay, so you say that it should be intentional. It should be intentional because it should not just be about the person's giving's pleasure. And okay. in order, like, as a bottom, okay. to get into, like, the thing that I try to promote is that the bottom's pleasure, the receiver's pleasure is also, like, important. Right. So for me to experience pleasure in anal, I have to be emotionally there for it. I have to hygienically prep. I have to... How do you prep? How do I prep? I have to make sure I don't drink coffee that morning. I'll tell you that. Well, I know how my gay male friends prep, but I don't really hear about women talk about prep too much for anal. I mean, I prep in some similar ways. Like, I do eat clean. I do avoid certain foods. What are the foods you avoid? I avoid, like, meats. I avoid cheeses. I avoid sauces. Damn, all the shit I like. Yeah. And I do this a lot, so I live a very clean... Oh, that's but, why you're uh, so fucking tiny. But there's, a, but there's I'm a, not that tiny. <laughs> but there's a lot of fiber and things, even in vegetables. Yeah. So what does eating clean um, in terms of anal sex mean? Well, in terms like I know my own body and like what's going to okay. produce what. So for me, like I avoid cheese because that's the no-no for me. Meat, like especially red meats are harder to process. So generally that's one to avoid or like, again, like heavy creams. Those are pretty milk. basic ones to avoid. Like pretty milk, much. Milk. Avoid Dairy. milk. Dairy. Okay. I mean, you can eat light, you can not eat light, make sure you're hydrated. But cleaning's also like douching like an hour do plus you before. Do you want to shit before or do you want to shit or you want to like hold it? Like, do you want to make sure no, you don't want to hold it? I was about to say, I don't know about holding <laughs> it. Hold it but like, okay, I, I think what I'm trying to say is that's like, what you clean out your like a little bit of your colon. But like, <laughs> more so like, uh, saying, like I'm trying to figure out how what I'm do you want to like go directly before you have sex? Right. Or. Do you want to like fast that day? That's what I mean. Do you want to have? Well, look, I train. So like, I'm also like kind of like a circus act. Like I do something called anal gaping. And I oh, have to- bitch, <laughs> you an anal acrobat, huh? Yeah. You yeah. do the rose, oh, buddy? Oh my God. Wait, what is the biggest thing you fit in your Could asshole? this fit? I can do 2.5 inches right now. What is that? Let's see. What is that? The iPhone is about three and a half. So we're going to go it's like, like right this. here. Wait, this at- is the width. Yeah, I can do like so. This. Like this is about two and a half. Uh, sorry, is that is that two and a half? Right here, this is the big one. The big one, a little less than the big one, but I can do like a this. little less than this big one. Yeah. Your Buddha hole could open up. Yeah. Oh, bitch. So, what's the oddest thing you've ever fit in there? Because we actually talked about anal acrobats. What is the, the oddest? Yeah, like because there's yeah. a video where wine like bottle. women put wine bottles yeah. and stuff in there. What have you put? What have you been able to fit into that boot hole? So I try to avoid things like that. Okay. Just because like breaking. I've had requests for bats. I'm like, well, the wood can get in. Like things like that. Like I You've did had do requests. a wine bottle. What request? Like, so was it like was I it a baseball to... player, bitch? I mean. <laughs> also, did the request come in like the form <laughs> of an email when they're like booking their session? He was definitely Latino. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He hit like the baseball. Baseball. So. Yeah, like, yeah. was it, like, an email submission? Like, do people, like, ask for options? Like, yeah, I need to know. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to, like, OnlyFans or camming, like, I will get requests. And, like, part of the empowerment of, like, OnlyFans is, like, there's a level of consent. Like, you don't have to make it. There's no studio director. Of there's course. no agent. Um, but I have, like, toys that are pretty crazy. So I have a speculum, like, when you go to the doctor. Right. Thing Why that do people that shit? They do, like, People love that. And then you can, like, put stuff in it. Like, I've put a dildo you can like pour liquids like I've, what liquids have you poured in your buddha hole i did a scene once where we poured like different salsas like from different countries Bitch, <laughs> you did not put salsa in your ass did it burn oh burn this is not the puerto rican that <laughs> i thought we were gonna she's have a on. real puerto rican now <laughs> she's like she i so- eat my ass nigga because guess what it's, it's jalapeno <laughs> okay wait holy shit okay so i'm not gonna lie yeah. I, bro how have we not heard it all yet I have yeah. never heard of someone. When you yeah. fart, what's it feel like? Does it hurt? It burns little. I mean, I could tell stories about how. Like, tell the story. You drip. You drip. Okay, so <laughs> one of my booze, <laughs> one of my bi booze, I was at his house, and he came a lot in my asshole. And then the next morning, like I was just happy to be in Brooklyn and being in a Latino <laughs> neighborhood. So I was just like working in the park, but I lost internet on my phone. So I went outside of his house to like just grab Wi Fi for a second. And like all the calm just came out, out of your. It's, it's wait, where did it go? Oh, down your leg? Like, I'm on squatting the outside of his house, just trying to send an email, and I was gonna squatting. Go home. Yeah, I'm squatting. It just came out. Were you wearing a skirt? It was just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wearing a dress. It was what out. color did it come out? <laughs> what color? Was it yeah, like was it tan, beige, brown? 
I was clean, so. <laughs> was it a color? Was it a hue of brown? <laughs> More like a little bit, but not really. Like, I was pretty clean that day. I hadn't really eaten. Yeah. Bro, but like, imagine, I did not like, expect you to come in here and like, <laughs> does it feel like a release? Like okay. you felt better? Did you feel like you were stuffed so and you were like, oh my God, Honestly, it's gone. gaping, there's something about gaping that's similar to BDSM where you do like, your head feels clear the next day after like intense anal, like. Really? You Girl, you're trying to sell us? But she said so- that there's a mental, yo, there's a mental you know aspect how many men anal. are going to fucking take this clip and show it to their girl and be like, yo, you've been trying to meditate and I've been trying to tell you to let me fuck you in the ass. Holy shit. I mean, subs talk about that all the time. Like you have to get into a mental state when it, like if it's just like an average guy. Or just if you're used to having anal, it's not that experience. But when you're really like, I do anal fisting too, so that is a whole process. I have to get into headspace. I do have to meditate. I do have to monitor my breathing to get like a male's fist in there, which is probably the biggest thing I've had in there. Do you think you can fit my nigga's fist? I mean, how big is it? Two point five? Nah, his fist is big as. Well. I gotta work up to that. I gotta okay. Work up to that. okay. So, so how do you train your butt? Like, do you use dilators, or are you past that point? Because uh, I feel like we talk about yeah. um, I mean, butt plugs and stuff. Oh, I like I'm past butt plugs. Honestly, <laughs> if I wear a butt plug, I just use it like because to turn someone on. Like they cute. like seeing it in there. Okay. The way I prep for anything, you know, like if I'm doing my own training session or at this point, like I just take dig in my ass, like as long as there's some lube in there. Have you ever done? Well, actually, we're but, not getting into but, horrible but, but, decision. We're going to get into but, that, too, because it's, oh, it's more of this. That was just a horrible decision, squatting outside his house with it. That was a pretty yeah. horrible so, like, fucking decision. With yeah. the salsa. But I prep <laughs> for anal. I prep with my own fist. That's how I think. My like. little T-Rex arms okay. ain't going to allow Let's see. Ball up here. Like, I can't get wrist deep just because of logistics of it but it's an easy it's like one finger and i do this when i do my performances like one two three four five sesame street <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make it cute this is some nasty you know shit. what i mean we, look we gotta make it cute because people, people are gonna be like i could not get through this episode we literally talked about o- uh odell with scat and they were just like oh I just couldn't get past the shit I have a reservation at Dos Caminos tonight. And <laughs> if you guys don't know what that is, it's a Mexican restaurant in New York City. And I'm going to think of you the entire time. That's actually a compliment. That's for you for it. I yeah. <laughs> so let's get into the horrible decision. Uh, the horrible decision is a BDSM bottom bitch. Yes. Yes. So you have coined the bottom bitch phrase. Why do you um, keep saying it like that? Because it's spelled with, with an E. It's spelled oh, with an E. Bottom bitch. Bottom bitch. This is a mean girls episode. Bottom bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm not trying to make fetch cool, but we're going to make bitch cool. Um, so can you explain to us now then, what is a bottom in BDSM specifically for a woman? So bottoming, like I was looking up some of this just to make sure I was correct on my way here. Bottoming comes from the gay community and it's this, it started off just to differentiate like the person is giving and the person is receiving. Right. More recently, there's been crossover to bottoming is more related to being submissive. So I could peg a guy or a guy could technically top another guy and still be considered a bottom. Ah, so, so bottoming more, now is like a new age term for everybody, basically. I mean, the term is changing. Okay. The reason why I claim bottom and most, I guess, girls who take in the ass or subs don't is has to do with my denture identity. So because I do inhabit male and female, it bottoming accesses my male. Okay. That does make sense yeah. to me. All right, I have, um, and is there, and I guess you just answered too, so there's not really a difference between bottoming and subbing, but because you do take forms of both, you just can identify as a bottom instead um, of yeah. using the word sub. I'm saying they're not synonymous, Okay, but there's more flexibility within the gay community to for bottoming not to just be the receiver. And that like certain people align it with submission and your role as being sort of the co-conspirator in a fantasy than necessarily the person who takes in the ass. So let me ask you this too, because we've talked about, um, and, and I guess it was my difficulty in wanting to even refer to myself as sub, because even my partner now thinks that I'm a great sub. And it's, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, no, I'm a dom. So when it comes to subbing, how much control do you feel like you do have outside of consent 
when you're receiving anal, when mm-hmm. you're playing with the toys, how much control do you feel like you have being a bottom and being a sub? I feel like I have more control. Which is what Weezy says yeah. that a lot as well, too, because she identifies as a sub and oftentimes feels more in control. And I don't know, for me, I guess, listening to the word sub, I have not mm-hmm. been able I to. I mean, word association, like su- submissive is definitely something that makes you feel powerless when you hear that word. Um, but I think the main thing about it is if I'm doming someone, which only really had been girls that I've dated, <clears throat> I still felt like I was at their will and not as in control because I was never going to do something they didn't want. Right. So like it never made me feel as in control. I can't even explain it. Like, I don't know. It's uh, maybe it's a personality thing, but like sometimes like I don't necessarily feel very powerful when my voice is loud or I don't feel very powerful if I'm on stage. Like, I don't feel like that. Sometimes I feel like, I mean, and I've learned that a lot through doing horrible decisions. Like I feel like I'm serving people. You know what I mean? Like my job is to like, make you happy because you're here. And so with subbing, it doesn't make me feel, I don't know. I mean, with Domi, it doesn't make me feel very like in control and on top. I can't explain it. I've never gotten that from Domi. Maybe a few times with like smacking for, uh, I'd say like a man pr- particularly, maybe I've felt that, but never <laughs> have I truly felt like I was more in control than subbing. And I think that a lot of people need to experience it, especially subbing on your own accord right so like you've talked about how like you didn't know it was going to happen but if there was maybe a night where you picked everything you wanted him to do by your rules i think then you would more so feel like you took the power back well that's well and that's what he's told me he's like there's been so many times that you actually have been in control and i've been subbed to you and you don't see it as that but even with me bringing him to, to the sex club uh going to the nude beach things in which i've introduced him to new things he's like you don't even realize it but but i'm completely submissive to you in those times because you're showing me things that i I don't know and so it's been those conversations where i'm like oh okay because i have felt completely submissive i remember like maybe early on maybe the third or fourth time we had sex i felt like i had never been dominated like that ever in sex and i like just slapped the fuck out of him just so that i could feel like shit i run something here and so like we have had that conversation, but yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Like, I don't know. I think I am hung up on the words, which is crazy because specifically in this space, a lot of guests that we ha- we've had on don't want to be hung up on titles. And so we do actually like, like you said, even the fluidity of going between sub and bottoming and it being synonymous, but not really using those words to mean what we think for them to mean. What are some other terms that we don't know? Do you, do you know any, or if any, if besides subbing or bottoming? I mean, we could also get into the language of, like, sadism and masochism. Okay. So, like, I was in a 24-7 master-slave dynamic recently. Okay. So that meant, like, we did have check-ins regularly, and but there was this general sense of these are the things you do. And when I walk into the room or even when we're texting, like, you control. So when you were in that 24-7 relationship, the last time we talked about it was Kinks with Kiki, and I referenced the movie The Secretary. Do you, were you living together? What was your dynamic like? How long did you see each, I mean, or how often did you see each other? So it was Polly. We weren't living together. Mm -hmm. I saw him once a week and that would be like our date night, but also our like punishment night. Got it. And it took different forms depending on like what was happening in the world. So like while I was stripping, it was based on my like outcome stripping and generally how I respected him as a top or as- Elaborate? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Right. I don't know. You're yeah. using words. What is out, what is outcome? You using like, words. I mean, she's like, using words, and I'm just like, wait, wait. wait what? The outcome of your stripping. I mean, like, how productive was I that week with money? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, oh got you. And he would punish you if you ain't make enough. Yeah, I mean, he'll punish me if he felt like it. Like that was built into it. But okay. there's a sense of like the whole point of the dynamic was to improve me as a person. So anything that was tied to punishment. Oh, I love that. Was tied to self improvement. Okay, yeah. I, Bitch, you better suck them dicks tonight. I, that's right. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm like, yeah. yeah. It's crazy because I'm like having that conversation yeah. like, uh, you know, going yeah. to Mexico. We, we would have already have been to Mexico. But um, the idea of me, if I do decide to do something, yeah. making sure he, I FaceTime him to watch or yeah. ask him first. Like, he's like, I know you go misbehave in Mexico. And I'm like, no, but I want your dick. You want to so, do the FaceTime to watch? Yeah, I, I've actually I've actually shared that with him. I said, listen, if I do anything or I think I'm going to do anything, I'll be sure to FaceTime you and ask really? if I can do it first. This is what Wait, we've decided. FaceTime during her. 
Uh, I, I kind of want to I'll let him know, but then he has to watch. Like, that's when I think if I do something, you have to watch. Wait, you want that? Yes, I told him. Does he want to watch? He ain't got a choice. It's what I said we're going to do. Like, no, he does have I a mean, choice, I mean, he does Andy. have a choice, but not really. Like, this is because... But so, I'm only saying that because the watching, I think it's a lot deeper than you think. Like, well, and that's it took what, me well, a long well, time to get to watching. this is a conversation we've been having because even in um, at the sex club, the first time we went, he played with two other women. And the last time we went... It was just me and him. We were playing with each other. We talked to other people. Yeah, but he's been like, so you don't want to like he tried to get me to play with you. And right, he was, but just hear me. Like, Did you show up? I know, I know. So <laughs> when I, you're so in I Mexico and he, you're away, he, I and know, someone I knows that someone else is yeah, there, I had multiple dicks in me at that time. Both, yeah, see, <laughs> both yeah, of no. were there. Both of them were there. Yeah, so. no, and, <laughs> I, and, and now that I remember yeah. that night, you were definitely getting it in on the oh, other side of the room. Yeah. But no, but he's been just he's, be careful vacation territory. I know. I'm, I'm really like with watching. I mean, well, I'm also just because. He feels like I'm just so open. Like we've talked about threesomes, but I do feel like he feels like my guard is up with him because, of course, when we first met, I went on some just so you know, I ain't cutting off all my hoes, but I'm just looking for somebody for I was looking for a 24 seven replacement when we when we met and he has become way more than that. And so the things that I said early on ain't applying right now because I don't want no other dicks, but I, he wants me to get I other mean, dicks too. I mean, this is just like only me speaking from experience with watching and I can tell you how it went. Like now it's a little different, right? So the beginning watching was the first thing we did, like a FaceTime thing. Right. And I remember the immediate feeling I had, which was like when it was over, I'm like, well, now what? Like I'm going to bed and they're chilling or like that person. Didn't ah, like, or okay. also then I started thinking more like, okay, well, like maybe they just wanted to get over that. Cause it's, it's, it's awkward for a little bit. Like, do I sit there the whole time? Like what's happening? And then do they want to fuck without me watching? Like a lot of that was going through my mind and it almost made it uncomfortable. Cause it was like, damn bitch, I'm the one who fucking did what you wanted me to do. Right. So now it's a way better dynamic. It's like consent before it happens. Okay. And kind of like the after call, which I love doing. I've done it and he's done it. And like, I've been in the bed and he's like, I know you was a little hoe, bitch. And I was like, I love And we'll talk about it and it's fun. And like, or the next day we'll even do it. Maybe if it's like super late at night, but right. the watching is different. It's way more different than you think. Well, and you've had, you have multiple when like it comes to FaceTime, I mean, I want to know what your like what your experience has been with this. Have you ever like had sex with one of your partners and made another watch either during via FaceTime outside of the sex club? We know, okay, like, yeah, yeah you're yeah. like, uh, bitch, I just told you I took I two dicks like, there before but... the sex club when I was still in a poly kind of situation right. or just like an open relationship. Yeah, that's we would do Snapchat. Okay. And or, you would like send, sending you would send videos. You would send Snapchats while it was happening. I think that's better. I'll, so maybe do that, not the FaceTime. But I do like the after call because there is this sense of like, naturally, I think the cuckold fantasy on the giving or the receiving end, there's something that's a little bit tied to fear. I definitely feel like claiming okay. or transforming fear into something erotic, whether it's natural to you or not, it's still tied to fear. So to have that aftercare, I like that. Yeah, yeah I mean... I think the other nice part about it, too, like one of the things that I've asked for was like no sleepovers. And it's so juvenile now that I think about it, because like there's so many late nights in Miami or wherever, like right. normally a lot of vacation shit. And, you know, he asked me once, like, what's the sleepover thing to you? I was like, that's like the most vulnerable and sacred thing that I think we do. And that's really why, to me, the sleepover was a big deal. So this thing has called me at like 830 in the morning and like exhausted, like, OK, she left. And I was like, OK. <laughs> now you can go to bed. Bye. I mean, it's a weird thing. I don't know. But there's something about being able to go to bed together or talk about it or have that moment. It's fun. Like, whereas before, maybe I would call my homegirls and talk about what happened. But now I can call you. So I like that. Yeah, um, yeah that's it's fun. It's fun. But I only bring up the FaceTiming thing because I think, yeah, it is cuckolding in a way. It's virtual cuckolding. But I think that it's really heightened when you're away from each other. And I feel like that would be hard for me to manage, you know? So I think yeah. for a first time, I just can't no, imagine. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to see what we want because he's definitely con like been just saying, I know you're going to have fun out there. And I'm like, no, babe, I'm not. And then it recently got brought up. I was like, well, if I do, you're going to watch. And he was like. And kind of looked like it was exciting that mm -hmm. I offered that. So now, like, I guess we have to talk through it. I don't know. I've never done this shit before. Not with a nigga like that I've been yeah. with. I mean, this is all Also, new. I FaceTimed once while someone I was dating was fucking this girl. And I remember. Oh, no, 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 no. It was Old Bay, New Year's. 
I was away. He was in another country. We were both in two different countries. And I remember specifically, he was like saying, love you and all this stuff. And the girl's right there in the cab. And she was feeling weird. And I was like, oh, my God, like the other person, too. I didn't really think of like, maybe now she doesn't want to fuck him anymore. Like, Would you feel yeah. weird? Well, so on that point, I just like went away with like someone that I'm seeing and his boyfriend. Oh, and there were times that we played together, but there were a lot of times they were like just on the couch, like having their moment. And I was there. And so yeah. you you've you've mentioned a few times yeah. and I want to ask this because we have had uh, recently two bisexual men on the show. Um, can you explain to maybe our listeners your experience with dating bisexual men? I think I've always been attracted to people, both men and women, since I also identify as bisexual, who, again, have very strong male and female energies, mm -hmm. but have not been comfortable with that. Okay. And what I've found through NSFW, because it's a very, there's a very large bisexual sub-community, are bisexual men that I really connect with. And uh -huh. uh, yeah. of the two people that I'm seeing, one, I inhabit a more male-dominant role, and the other one, I inhabit a more female-submissive role. But I find such a comfort with their sexuality, such a flexibility in shifting in those energies. And just an, an acceptance of me. I love that. In the, so, in the uh, time away that you said you went uh, somewhere with one of your boos and their boyfriend, <clears throat> what was the, have you had experiences with male, male, female threesomes outside of bi threesomes? And what was the main difference for you? Male, male. So like yeah. having sex with two men that don't touch and then, you know, yeah. ones that are intimate as they are. Oh, I've had both. I actually have a lot of times at NSFW what where like What's one of my dynamics is like when we're at a party, he like if a guy comes up to me and starts flirting with me, like I can have sex with that guy like if he's also fucking me. Or oh. like if I'm also sucking his dick. So it's a lot of straight men we have sex with, but okay. like he's part of the chain. Okay, yeah. which a lot of men feel yeah. okay with that. Do you yeah. en which do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy where they yeah. play with each other or where there's a chain and they are kind of separated by you. I mean, I enjoy double, double, double penetration, like double where vaginal, double anal. You've done double anal. Yeah. How does that work? So we actually yeah. had a question in our Atlanta show where a guy said the dicks kept slipping out. How right. do you keep both dicks in your ass? Or is it's like they will slip out, but it is about positioning, and you have to re like be comfortable with readjusting. What's the best for you? Do you have to sit on it? <laughs> like Can you, you just yeah. kiss your face, We just like. How, how do you do it? Was it really like that? Yeah, your face was like... <laughs> I was honest to God thinking of it. That's why I was like, huh. Because for me, what I would think is like, um, I'd be sitting facing forward someone, like almost like girl on top, and then the other one comes behind me. That's what I would yeah. think. Right? It's like you're bent over, but you're almost sitting. Where oh, there's like shit. a guy underneath you who's like in the pussy, and then the guy comes in from behind in the ass or like double in either got it okay so it's kind of like almost sitting this. and yeah. you like do you come have you had an anal orgasm that way oh yeah well let me just put out there i come more from anal than i do from anything else mm. which is part of the anal expertise makes <laughs> fucking sense but i love it especially when it's in a context of two bisexual men or a gay man or a male male couple because i think there's something like I'm really enjoying it, just base pleasure. But there's a way in which I, my body allows them to connect mm. that I feel so much like compersion and joy that I can help them. Like, I just talked about compersion on uh, something on Quibi with our friend Shan Booty. And I was like, you know, compersion is so interesting because uh, for those of you who don't know, compersion is the like opposite of jealousy when you're feeling like overwhelming joy for someone that's enjoying pleasure or in love with someone else. I feel like I'm a half, right? Like mm -hmm. I love and feel amazing when someone that I care about is enjoying sex with someone else, but not necessarily when there's an emotional attachment. But that's interesting because you're saying that you know you're the bond between these two people and that makes yeah. you feel good. Our um, We have a good friend, um, Dubs, she came on and she's been a unicorn for a long time. Mm -hmm. And she would always try to explain it to me. I never got it. She's yeah, like, sometimes yeah. I feel like the missing piece or I love watching the two of them or seeing this couple's love makes me feel happy. And there were times where I don't know if necessarily judging, but I would wonder if she enjoyed it because she wasn't having love. Like she was single. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I wonder if that's her way to get it or if it's really that. You know what I mean? And I'm curious, like, do you ever feel emptiness from it if you're not necessarily 
a part of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just on a, like a two week or so, <coughs> a little more like almost three week vacation with a couple. Right. And the trip wasn't about me. I was there just because, you know, I love this person. I wanted to spend some time with the person they love. And also I need to get away. So there was a lot involved, but it wasn't about me. And I went knowing that like, this is not about my pleasure. I'm huh. going to be sleeping in my own bed. Like a lot of times, like I said, they just had sex on the couch next to me. And what I learned was like after a while, like, yeah, I do have my own needs. And I had to find agency in that and say, hey, I need a kiss before bed or I need a hug in the morning. Because you yeah. two have your needs, even though you're there yeah. providing for a couple. So there's a space to love the experience and for compersion. But it's also important to advocate for what your needs are and to navigate what the situation is. Come on, communication. Yeah. Did Come you on. spend every night alone? There were like one or two nights where like maybe the other person stayed out late, but pretty much the whole time. I ain't gonna hold you. I, wa- no. I went on a trip with one of my no. lovers last summer and I invited three of my friends and I let them know y'all may or may not have to, you know, sleep yeah. with me and my nigga. And they did. And I loved it because my friends, after they joined us in, in some play, they left the room and allowed me and him that space. And they were like, all right, we'll see you at the bar. And they literally left us and allowed me to, you know, enjoy that space with my lover by myself, yeah. which I appreciated. Um, before we do get out of here, I do want to quickly get to the whole meal and we're going to make this one quick. Uh, so this is please feel free to give any advice because it is dealing with sugar daddies. Um, so it says, hey, ladies, back in 2016, when I was 21, I met a sugar daddy. He, she put in quotes, grandpa. Out and about in ATL, who I've been dealing with ever since. His dick is trash, but the money and fun spirit keeps me around. He's also a trash ass nigga who lied about his wife and kids. Okay. And even went as far as to sleep with my best friend, which eventually caused us to end our nine year friendship. I'm a vengeful person. Sorry, not sorry. I'm a Leo. So I always had it in my mind that I would get him back. In May 2019, he planned to take me out to celebrate my graduation. But his business meeting ran over a bit. So instead, met him at the Four Seasons where he was having his meeting. Oh, boy. Needless to say, I met some of his colleagues and decided that I would fuck one. Big Dick Willie, BDW is what we'll call him, we exchanged numbers and hit it off almost immediately. Initially, I thought I would handle him like grandpa, hanging around just for money and a good time, until he hit me with that dick. Girl, this man fucked me like no other. This man has devil dick and he's super open, freaky, and his stamina is unmatched. We even got tickets to the ATL show, but it was canceled. I know, bitch. I would have loved to meet you now. Fast forward. I wanted to do it again. I did not believe it was going to happen, bitch. bitch. Weezy was really like, I mean, they'll put masks on. You, bitch, she was really like, but look at it. We don't know if they. We don't know if they got coronavirus from us. Fast forwarding to now, in May 2020, BDW told me that he had met someone who he was interested in dating. So we decided to stop fucking. I am super chill, so I had stepped back and stopped hitting him up out of respect for his relationship. He, on the other hand, continued to hit me up and hit me up here and there through IG in a friendly manner. It started to be flirty back in August, and I kind of played into it, but not too much. Now he is full on trying to fuck, and I am truly confused on what to do. I haven't had sex since him and have no desire to fuck with anyone else. I'm too scared to get some weak-ass dick from somewhere else and be disappointed. But I want to fuck him, but I feel like still dealing with karma from grandpa being married, and that's why I can't find a man now. Oh, my God, I went through this. BDW and I keep making plans and then going back on them because we both know it's wrong. What should I do? Fuck him and get 10 more years of bad karma and feel guilty afterwards or block his ass and cut ties for good. I'm not going to lie. I just actually want to mention that this has been something I've been going through with my current relationship. I think for a long time, because I've openly had relationships with married men, a part of me felt like, all right, karma going to come. I just ain't ever going to get a nigga. This is all I should take from what men are giving me. So I thought my relationship with 24-7 and all my other lovers made sense because that's what I get for fucking with these married men. So I understand where she's coming from with that. Um, also, the fact that she was vengeful in this. Um, I think that the way she started it out 
wasn't a way in which she was looking for a relationship. However, because his dick is so good, maybe she does want more from him, which is why she decided to pull back it's like because dick. he started dating. You know what I mean? So I think that if you can get in your mind that you can still enjoy this person without being in a relationship with him, then go for it. But if you genuinely want something deeper with this person, I would say cut ties right now because it's you're just going to be teasing yourself and making yourself feel more bad for the things that you feel like karma has come and, you know, ridden you with. I do think karma is a real thing. Like, I think, I mean, you may have paid yours in other ways and we'll never know. Like, I think my first relationship was someone who was, and this is really why I don't ever want to sleep with a married man. The first man I really fell in love with was married and I genuinely didn't know. And then when he told me, I was trying to break up with him and he ended up getting a divorce and we were together for two years after that. And I remember feeling guilty the whole time. Um, True. I I wasn't the reason they divorced. Right. Like, I mean, I'm sure it was just the push over the edge for him. They were already separated at the time, which is what made it so easy to date me. But I think back to it all the time and I'm like, I was young, but also I keep letting it happen. Like I could have taken myself out of the equation, but I stayed. Right. And to me, that selfishness is what really made a lot of the relationships difficult for me that I had or made love troubling to find and different shit. Like I just had a lot of issues with relationships and I always believed it was the karma. I think that shit is real. I feel like it's just, I don't know. And even if it's not necessarily real, you'll manifest it in some way. We'll be too pessimistic about a relationship because we knew we fucked someone over or when you feel that guilt or you know, something's wrong. I think you do have to let it go. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I also believe in karma and you see in your life, but I don't think that should let you not realize your full desires or your full <coughs> I agree with that too. Absolutely. And bitch, I desire cash. No, I'm yeah. sorry. Nah, let me stop. I like it. It's, yeah, it's no. weird because there's this thing about money in my head, like when it comes to sex workers, right? Where I'm always just like, well, that's different. Well, I don't know why it's so different but to me, but for me, I think the emotional aspect of cheating and enabling someone to cheat with that's that's married that makes it more fucked up especially when you're with someone that may ultimately want a relationship but when it is sex workers i'm like okay well you're getting paid bitch that's your job that's what i said i mean if if i don't think drug I, dealers are wrong well, because I mean, they serve it, the fiends like but i mean i think that's their that, job that to me if you are engaging in sexual activity for money <laughs> whether you want to call it a sugar daddy or even in my case i've come on here and said all the married men i financially gained from so if it sounds better or in my mind makes me feel like okay maybe karma won't come to me because i enacted as a sex worker then okay you know what i mean um i don't i don't think that me dealing with married men in the capacity that i did was barely any different than a sex worker i engaged in those relationships for a financial gain so i mean i'm not gonna lie part of it yes part of it was wrong but a part of it does make me feel like okay well I was providing a service. It was a job. You know what I mean? Like, so will karma actually come back for me? I think it was more so how I valued myself and what I felt like I deserved from men because I engaged in these relationships. So, and that's what I'm saying. What you deserve doesn't change. Right. How life is going to play out for you is going to play out for you. And if anything, that's part of the karma itself is like the guilt that eats you. Yeah, it is. And I think that that's what it is. I think just the guilt and how I decided to continue moving. No, so you're completely right. Um, Daya, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Can you let us know where our followers may be able to follow you? I know you have your Instagram, your Twitter, your OnlyFans. Go ahead and plug that in. It will be in the description of the episode. Daya.dare. Twitter is at the bottom bitch. Diadare.com, only fans at Diadare. Okay, make sure you- Diadare. Diadare. So D-A-Y-A, the husband eater- there yes <laughs> well guys thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of horrible decisions make sure to stay tuned we are leaving you with a five minute bonus clip from our patreon that's right if you're all cut up on horrible decisions make sure that you go on over to patreon.com backslash horrible decisions and become a motherfucking patron hope that's right um and thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of horrible decisions bye <laughs> Ladies, I love everything you do. I just found something out. I'm freaking out. I have no clue what to do. I was just informed by my boyfriend that his ex has herpes and did while they were together. She wasn't having an outbreak then. They never fully had sex. I don't know what the fuck that means. But I know your episode with Ella, that's still possible to even get it then. And it's extremely common. So I'm not upset over the possibility that I have herpes. I'm pissed off that I was just informed of this almost a year into our relationship. He's never been tested for it or an STD in general. It was dumb and not like me to still have sex with him after that, but I immediately got tested on my own. 
But as discussed on Ella's episode, they don't test for herpes. Not caring about your own sexual health is one thing, but I feel like not caring about your partner's sexual health is another. I don't care if I have it, like I said, but I just feel very betrayed and disrespected. I'm not sure what to do. He knows I'm mad at him, but would dumping him be over dramatic? I feel like hiding something is kind of a deal breaker. Please help me. I'm a patron. You can read this on there too. Um, so she mentioned that she got tested, but real realized that they don't test for herpes. That's only because you have to just ask, ask for that for test. So they do test you for herpes. If you go in for an STD screening, however, you have to ask for them to include herpes. So yeah, they she, do she's just test. saying like she got tested after, but but like like you know it's something that you've got to request or whatever. Right. So just but, go back I, and request it. I, I would think say. the interesting thing is is dumping him over dramatic because she said it's not about the herpes; it's about um, the deal breaker from hiding something. I'll be honest with you, and I surprised I'm even saying this, but I don't even know if he realized he was hiding something, and here's why. If a year later he told you, I, yes, like, I, I, I think here's the, the interesting thing. You can be mad that he didn't care enough about your health because that is something that's super important that people don't give a fuck about, right? People care about themselves and people are worried about their own shit. Not everyone is as con- conscientious about others around them. That's why people voted for Trump, right? That's like just a more over larger issue. People are not selfless like they need to be. That is an issue for you. Let that be the issue for you. But if he eventually told you, he probably never realized that he was quote unquote lying, right? So I don't know if dumping him for that would be overdramatic. I think dumping him should be because you feel like he doesn't care about that as much more than he hit it. Because I don't know I if think, he hit it. I think that this would be a time for you both to talk about your sexual health. And being that he never went and got tested, to me, there's nothing technically wrong with him not disclosing the health of someone else. I think that this is something to where right. you both take as a learning lesson. But the fact that he didn't disclose something that could be very private to someone else, uh, to me, it's more so the fact that he never thought the need to go and get tested, which means he may not see herpes as a big deal, which means the two of you may need to open up about your views on sexual health as it pertains to STDs. And this could be the time to where you both go and get tested together or you find or you find out from him why herpes isn't a big deal to him. Maybe he feels like it's not that big of a deal as long as you don't get outbreaks or maybe he feels like how oh, well, 80 percent of or maybe he feels like so many people in the world, I mean, we've talked about it even on the episode, 80% of people have have some form of herpes simplex. Of course, there's the one on your mouth and the one on your genitals, but also herpes can, can end up in any moist area on your body. You can get herpes in your goddamn armpit. So I think that it's important for you guys to discuss your views on sexually transmitted disease and your sexual health and not use this as a time to, to, to badger him or, or punish him by breaking up with him. But this is a chance for you to educate him and maybe see where his views are on this. Yeah. I think um, that's a really important uh, thing yeah. is that he may not just understand and, um, it, everything is a learning moment and or a teaching moment, excuse me. And when it happens like this, especially if he told you a year later, it doesn't sound like a lie. Um, also, bitch, what has never fully had sex? Because you look white, Zoe. And I wonder if this is some white people shit. Because when white people say we hooked up, I'm like, what that mean? I don't know what hooked up means. Do you know what it means, Mandy? Because I don't. Hooked up without sex? Maybe just no, make people it. be like, yeah, we hooked up once. And you're like, what? That's what Did I'm saying. Be- hooking, hooking up is sex. That's what I so, thought. Let me look. So, what is I'm, hooking up? But hooking up is the same way we talked about dating wow. meaning something depending on the person. Oral hooking up can is mean sex, hooking up. I mean, but we also say oral sex is sex. So my nigga, it's still sex. Okay, well, maybe that's what she means. They never fully had sex. I, when she said they never fully had sex, that made me think to myself. So maybe like, they dry okay. hunt or played an oral. Right. <laughs> 